Welcome back to the show, everybody. It's your host, John Scardina. Happy April. Happy Easter. Hopefully, uh, today's a good day for you as you're listening to this show. I think it's uh, amazing weather outside right now, thinking about goals and spring and doing new things and and just taking it to the next level. We're always about that on, on the Disaster Tough podcast, right? So this last week, last couple of weeks, if you've been following us, I was in Southern California with the University of California, Irvine, doing active shooter and really um, physical security access surveys that we developed for the campus. And I want to talk about that because I think it's something that people need to adopt across the field. I think it could be very beneficial. And the way that we did that um, really was innovative in its process. Although capturing that information and how that ca- that's been captured in the past, maybe there's some elements there. But what I want to talk to you to, about today is going back from, hmm, maybe it was in January where we talked about situational awareness, how to create a next level sit rep. With that, and, and, and really the, the idea of that, is to be able to have constant situational awareness. And I think that's a great way to approach hazard vulnerability assessments. A lot of people just follow their gut or they look at some historical events. That could be helpful. What we do at Doberman is we use like platforms like Esri. We have a lot of GIS data. We look at information and intelligence. And we start aggregating um, all this information based off of three impacts. The impact of life, the impact of property, and the impact to continuity of operations. And that general scope for us for you know 40 hazards or so, and real-time data with historical data, some static data, and really local knowledge and the stakeholder involvement, all that together, we put that uh, as a report so that our, our clients, really like, for example, the University of California, Irvine, they were able to go there and they had their report with uh, recommendations, best practices, that kind of thing. But they also now have a GIS platform where at any time, at any moment, anywhere really where they have access, senior leadership, the emergency management staff can track what's happening, not just on their campus, but in the region. And that's phenomenal for an emergency manager to get buy-in from stakeholders, especially key leadership. And it's all about this idea of how you present the information. Historically, we might put up like a, a Gantt chart or we might have a, a one pager or we might have a, a huge document that talks about all the hazards. But the stakeholders, that wasn't really digestible for them. The way that we presented that and the hazard vulnerability assessment is now an, an opportunity for stakeholders to quickly learn and understand the priorities and for that to match emergency management priorities as well. So we created that hazard vulnerability assessment for them last year. And uh, lo and behold, there was an incident with, um, it made the national headlines. There was a murder-suicide on the campus, really sad event. And uh, the police department for the campus went to emergency management and met with senior leadership and said, hey, we want to learn more about access um, and control, um, you know, monitoring, that kind of thing. And everybody should do that, whether there's an incident or not, especially if there's not, right? The best time to fix a roof is when the sun is shining. Um, the, the time to do that is now. And so what we said, they came to us and said, hey, we would like to understand more about our access. They're a really great campus. They have an amazing emergency management staff. In fact, if you're in higher ed or if you're, for example, at a hospital, if you're anywhere where there's a campus, 
looking at University of California, Irvine, they have four members on their team. They have the director, Randy. They have a con- continuity of operations person, uh, Krista. They have their deputy, Vanessa, and their ex- exercise coordinator, Shane. The four of them, the way that they've organized is really fantastic. You have the director who's really a visionary, really cool guy to work with. And then his staff who are, who are all in the details. They don't miss anything. In fact, I think there was a picture shared of Randy going through this huge binder that showed like all the cameras, all the access. We already had so much information by the time we came up on scene because Vanessa and um, Krista, and I believe Shane as well, um, put this together so that we would make sure we had all the relevant data when we got up there. But once we got on scene and they said, hey, we want to understand access better, we went through with Futurity IT to do the physical security part. And then we matched with New Harbor Security to do the cyber part. And so from the physical security part, we created a custom app with them that noted all the things that we wanted to capture that would help us understand vulnerability um, and, and to add that really into our previously made hazard vulnerability assessment. So we looked at every single door. We looked at every camera. We looked at camera angles. We looked at um, the types of materials uh, the doors were made. We looked at the windows. We looked at um, access in the rooms, whether they, you know, if they had hard line phones or if they had alert us or they had other mechanisms in place, shot detector, all the different things that they were tracking on the campus. And now they have done a lot of things. But this campus is serious about mitigating threat. They really care about the students and they want to do it right. And luckily for emergency management and really the police department, they have buy-in from senior leadership. So they wanted to act on it. So we went through with Futurity IT. We made them custom icons, which is really fun. Um, and we put together this application and brought a huge team out there. And between UCI and uh, Doberman and Futurity IT, this group, we split up and we covered the entire campus in just a few days. Every single room, every single classroom, every single building, like you're talking about like 130 different buildings, huge buildings. And um, it was really fun to go through. We looked at athletic centers and the whole time, in addition to access, we were also writing down recommendations. So we had this like miscellaneous report where we're able to take a picture and say like, hey, maybe we want to add a light here or maybe we want to do this there. And uh, for a campus is already doing things right. Even then, they, they said, let's let's do it more. And that was like really uh, fun to be a part of. Something innovative. I've really never seen that on that kind of level at any anywhere I've ever been, um, where a custom app was made, all the list of questions. We're able to take reporting now from that and integrate that with our other geospatial data because the surveys that we were taking were also geospatial located. And we were able to pair that and determine where on the campus there might be some vulnerabilities for them to shore up right whether it's fixing access or whether it's um, adding more lighting or whatever and uh, it was a great project to be a part of so big shout out to uci for uh, for letting me be a part of that and the, the doberman uh, group here the cyber part is also really phenomenal new harbor security uh, for those who may not know who they are they are essentially a bunch of red testers. They do a lot of really cool stuff, penetration tests, like with the White House, and um, a lot of them were DOD. And so when we were looking at access, we weren't just looking at physical access, we were looking at cyber access. So we called them up and said, hey, we'd like to work with you on this project. And um, you know, they, they gave us the, the green light there. 
And so what they were working on is um, accessing um, systems through security cameras and through servers on the campus. So if that was possible. Now, again, UCI has an amazing team. They have also great IT. And so you don't want to see a lot of vulnerabilities. And quite frankly, they were, they're like ab above everything where they need to be. It was, it was really cool to see that. But now they know. There's experts in the field of emergency management. There's experts in the field of technologies like Futurity IT. There's experts in the field of cyber, which is New Harbor Security. And we all came together. And I kind of stole this from another uh, great emergency manager out there in New York. I, I was basically the wolf pack, right? I should say the dog pack because, you know, um, Doberman. But the reality is, like, I found the right people for the right task to come together to talk about mitigation. Real quick, we're going to pause for this week's Disaster Tough endorsements. How do you spell Doberman Emergency Management? EOP, OEP, HVA, HMP, Thyra, TTX, Drone, PDA. Whenever you need an expert, Doberman Emergency Management field experts are there for support. Contact an expert at DobermanEMG.com today. The L3 Harris Extreme 400P radio solves problems and is specifically designed for emergency services. How do we know? We field tested it with medical, urban search and rescue, and collapse and confined structures. This radio is amazingly tough. Check out the L3 Harris Extreme 400P radio at L3Harris.com right now. Okay, let's jump back in. So let's talk about innovation and emergency management using the context of what we just did. We we found the great partners that we wanted to work with. We wanted to do something really cool and to do it the right way to actually help out and not just have, you know, a, a paper product that nobody ever looks at. We wanted people to do something with it. We wanted to mitigate innovation and emergency management, like any field, will always come with pushback. And um, the the funny thing about that is you want the pushback from the audience that you expect to push back. And what I mean by that is, you know, recently we, we shared a post that uh, had pretty stark differences in opinion. We had a lot of shares on that post, uh, a lot of likes, and then we had a lot of negative comments as well. Funny thing, though, is like all the negative comments came from ultimately uh, a source that we disagreed with and we have disagreed with for a long time, despite the fact that they took our business. Um, nope. So there's two there was two sources there that um, we looked at. One source were the people that agreed with us. There was lots of shares on the comment. It was all about branding and trying to take things to the next level and trying to be cool, right? Honestly, like emergency management needs to get to the next phase. There was a great uh, post about that from uh, Pete Gaynor about the next phase of emergency management. So it's like all about this innovative stuff. And then there's the group that doesn't want to be innovative. Um, and there's lots of reasons for there. But instead of talking about that, I just want to talk about some great advice that Pete Gaynor gave me a long time ago. Um, and he said, avoid the distractions. That's the distraction. When you're trying to do good things and you have done your data, you've done like your data research and you have taken surveys and you have worked with other people and you have your, you know, your uh, wolf pack, if you will, don't be afraid to move forward. And if somebody disagrees with you, there could be lots of motivations behind that. Sometimes it's genuine disagreement. Like, hey, I disagree with that. I don't like that for whatever reasons, you know, personal opinion. Sometimes it's pretty messed up, the reason, especially if you look into reasons why. Um, and quite frankly, 
it doesn't matter for me. Um, I'm in a I'm in a space now that we look at innovation, combine innovation with best practice. Nothing's off the table for us, and uh, that allows us to do things like when we get a call from UCI to say, "Hey, we want to look at physical security and active shooter stuff. Can you help us out?" And we start saying, "Okay, like if we were going to do it right, with holding nothing back, how will we do it?" Okay, we want an app. We want to see every room. We want to capture all the data. We want to be able to go to the stakeholder and say, you know, this is this is the actual information, not just our gut feeling on it or what we think is right. Like this is what this is what your real campus looks like. And what an opportunity for that for them to kind of box them into a corner of truth. Like they can't escape the truth there at that point. And uh, hopefully they're on the same page with us. And uh, more often than not, when I when I find that if you're able to present the data and uh, show how you came up with the data, then you get a lot of uh, wins out of that. And so I would uh, implore all those who are listening to this podcast, if you want to be disaster tough, you have to be willing to be innovative. You have to be willing to try things new and there will be pushback. Just ignore it. Um, look at their data. Look at your data. That's fine. But you don't have to like focus on all the negative, uh, especially this week as we're talking about Peacemaker. I heard a great talk by uh, a great speech by an individual, Russell Nelson. Uh, Russell was a heart surgeon. He basically is like the father of heart surgery in the United States. And he shared a story about when he, you know, decades ago when he was um, uh, learning to be a surgeon, he was in an operating room and uh, the surgeon lost their temper and threw a knife across the room and stuck into his forearm and it had a lot of germs on it. And luckily for him, uh, he didn't get infected. But he wondered about uh, what was more dangerous, what was on that knife or um, the, the lack of civility and the anger and the contention um, out there. And it really struck a chord with me. Um in order to be innovative, you sometimes have to uh, do things that may seem controversial, but are not really. Honestly, if you look at it like, hey, let's come up with a new logo and colors. You can imagine um, most people don't care. Some people are really bashing. How dare you choose that color? Well, sorry, amigo. Like, we're just going to go forward with, you know, our research here. But <clears throat> that being said, the um, the reality is like, he talked about lack of civility and lack of kindness and praying for your enemies. And um, it's an Easter message, right? And so I would implore you as an emergency manager, there's a lot of people in our, our that are around us in our field who may disagree with us, may, or pa may be passionate about differences of opinion, and may maybe sometimes um, undervalue what you can provide. However, if you're a peacemaker whether you need to ignore and move on or you can be kind and civil and present your information or find the nuggets where you can agree on. And so you can build that trust. All those things are going to be exponentially better for you and what you want to accomplish than just blasting people. Like I could have gone on to several posts lately where we had a negative comment or two and just like gone all in and, um, you know, when we do something, when I promote something, by the time that I've promoted it, I've done so much research, I feel like I could have a PhD in the topic. 
And so when somebody says something and it comes off really ignorant and um, sometimes from not a great place or they're trying to support something that I disagree with, I could do that. But like, what will that accomplish? That will just have them dig their teeth in more into what they believe and they won't be able to see my perspective and we will just end up severing ties. Now, that's not to say that there's some issues that you, you should fight for. For example, there shouldn't be no harassment. You should eliminate contention. People should be treated with respect and kindness. All those things matter. However, the way that we present our stuff uh, to people does matter. And one of the reasons why I work well, so well with UCI and with the DOD and with NATO and with you know, um, universities around the campus, uh, around the, the country and with, you know, K through 12 people who have very different backgrounds and cultures and perspectives and needs and concerns. One of the reasons why I work so well with them is because the people that I choose to work with my SMEs at Doberman are also peacemakers. They find the wind. They, they want to work with people. They want to do good. They want to do it for the right reason. And if they have an opportunity to explain that, it usually comes like off uh, pretty well. Like, hey, like I'm in the private sector. However, I used to be in the public public sector. I know what it's like to sit there. I know you have budget concerns. I know you have this. I know you have that. We're here to save and sustain life. Do you agree with that? Yes. And we start asking really effective questions so that we can get to the point where we're on the same page. And uh, I'm grateful to be working with people who are peacemakers. Sometimes I want to go off. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I get really passionate. I'm Italian. I start throwing the hands up. You know what I mean? And um, the reality is like um, being surrounded by both good people and being taught by great people like Russell Nelson or hearing those speeches. It reminds me of like what matters and how to be effective. So that's my call out to you guys today is uh, be kind, be innovative, allow for pushback, but ignore it. It's a distraction um, and just keep moving forward. Be disaster tough. And um, really, if um, if you want to do great things in this world, um, be willing for people to disagree with you, but don't stop. And um, that's the message for Easter and for this podcast. And we'll see you for the next one. Peace.